Today on Dramatic Impact, Trina Davies talks about her journey to becoming a playwright and reflects on how theater can touch the minds and imagination of an audience. I think ideally writers are the philosophers of our time. And there's a real opportunity there to explore issues, get people to think about things that are happening in the world as they are now. And I think theater in particular has that uh, capability because people come, they are moved, they are entertained. And if you're very fortunate, that emotion and that entertainment also leads to bigger questions. Hello and welcome to Episode 5 of Dramatic Impact, a podcast from Theatre Alberta. I'm Elaine Elrod. On this episode, we present the final interview that I recorded at Playworks Inc. 2007. Playworks Inc. is an annual conference and workshop event that is presented by Theatre Alberta and Alberta Playwrights Network. In this month's interview, I speak to Trina Davies, a Canadian playwright whose name you may be hearing more and more often over the next couple of years. Trina is an actor, director, and playwright. She was born in Saskatchewan, moved to Edmonton when she was 16, and is now based in Vancouver, where she moved in mid-2007. She has a B.A. in English and Anthropology from the University of Alberta and has been an actor and a writer since she was in her teens. She began writing plays in the late 1990s. Trina has already won many competitions and awards, including the Alberta Playwriting Competition Discovery Award in 2000 for Multi-User Dungeon, the Writers Guild of Alberta Short Play Competition in 2002 for The Auction, and Alberta Theatre Project's 24-hour playwriting competition in 2003 for Shatter. Trina's recent plays include Waxworks, which won the grand prize in the Alberta Playwriting Competition in 2007. Waxworks has had workshops and readings at Playworks, Inc., at the Banff Playwrights Colony, at Cannes Stage's Raw, Raw, Raw in Toronto, and at the Playwrights Theatre Center's Writing Colony and New Play Festival in Vancouver. Her play West of the Third Meridian was produced in a workshop production at the Edmonton International Fringe Theatre Festival in 2004 and will be professionally produced at Dancing Sky Theatre in Saskatchewan in September 2008. And her play Shatter had its world premiere at the Ships Company in Nova Scotia. Shatter is being published in May 2008 through Playwrights Canada Press. Trina's plays often have historical subjects, but do not feel like history plays. She considers her historical plays to be contemporary stories in in historical settings, as the subject matter explores timely issues such as racial profiling and media manipulation. The historical characters in her plays, whether real or invented, come alive, and we experience them as we would characters from our own time. The dramatic action, the rhythm and the sound of the language, the stage picture, and most of all the dark themes that she explores all rivet us and connect us emotionally to what is happening on stage. For example, the play Waxworks is inspired by the life of Madame Tussaud. Tussaud was the daughter of the housekeeper of Dr. Philippe Curtius, who ran a a wax museum in Paris in the 18th century. 
Madame Tussaud, whose maiden name was Marie Groscholtz, learned how to cast heads in wax from Dr. Curtius and became known as a gifted artist. The play shows how her art was commandeered to serve the interests of the revolutionaries during the French Revolution and during the Reign of Terror that followed, in which at least 300,000 suspects were arrested and 17,000 people were officially executed. I spoke to Trina in the ConocoPhillips Theater at the Glenbow Museum in Calgary on the first day of the Playworks Inc. conference. Welcome, Trina. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day at Playworks Inc. <laughs> I know this is a particular busy day, so I really appreciate you coming in for this interview. No problem. It should be really interesting. Okay, great. So, just to start out, I wanted you to tell me about your journey to becoming a playwright, what your training was, and what was the biggest thing that drew you into theater in particular? Oh my, those are big loaded questions. <laughs> um, I've been in theater most of my breathing life, really. I uh, started out uh, doing school plays and all those kinds of things, the same way everyone else does. But I moved to Alberta when I was about 16 years old and very quickly got involved in something called the Teen Festival of the Arts that used to be held at the Citadel Theatre oh. that paired professional playwrights, directors, designers, and the professional theatre with uh, student actors, basically. So there were auditions for 500, 600 high school students in the city, and out of those auditions, children were picked to be part of those shows. So that was my start in new play development. It was a fantastic opportunity and I got to work with Brad Fraser, Connie Massing, Ben Henderson, Brian Diedrich before I was 20 years old. So wow. <laughs> um, it was a, it was in the deep end and at that same time uh, on the other part of me I was actually a poet. So I was a published poet in my teens in literary mags and stuff like that and the people I worked with in theater knew I wrote. So they very quickly started to encourage me to write for the theater. And at that time, I was uh, young and stubborn and felt I was an actor, and that was what I was going to do. But slowly as time progressed, uh, I felt like I was maturing and getting to the point where I did have something to say for the theater, and that was my medium because I'd worked in it all my life. So I started to write in earnest about 1998 or 2000 uh, is when I started writing plays, and so far, so good. So. And in that teen theater experience, could you just pinpoint something about it that made you just want to keep going? What was it mm. about it that that felt good? Or? Um, well, it's a, it was very interesting. And in fact, there was one really pivotal moment when I was acting in a, a play written by Connie Massing, directed by Brian Diedrich, that I had to do a quick crossing behind the stage. And I remember stopping. I was about 17 years old in the back of the McLab Theater in the Citadel saying, can I give this up? It was a moment where I really sort of thought about, you know, how could I not have this in my life? Because there's a real charge from it. And just the experience of creating something new with a bunch of uh, like-minded people was, it was transcendent at the time for me. It was, uh, and it was an escape too from ordinary life at the time, being a teenager. So now jumping ahead to your your mature life as a playwright, <laughs> um, I find that you choose really fascinating themes for your plays. Oh, thank you. Um, they reveal a lot about history and crucial human issues, but at the same time they're really rooted in the dramatic action and mm-hmm. it and their their themes and 
actions that capture the audience's attention. For example, um, in the play Shatter, mm -hmm. that's based on an actual incident from Canadian history mm -hmm. where there was a ship in the Halifax Harbor that exploded, right. killing 2,000 people yes. and wounding even more. Yes. So in one sense, it's, it's very rooted and very fascinating, and at the same time, as you say, it explores the cycles of fear that are very yes. relevant to us today. Yes. So I guess what I want to know is, just in general for your plays, where do they start in your mind? Like, how, okay. do, how do they begin? Well, uh, maybe a little bit, too, about uh, sort of where I come from as a writer, because I think ideally writers are the philosophers of our time. And there's a real opportunity there to explore issues, get people to think about things that are happening in the world as they are now. And I think theatre in particular has that uh, capability because people come, they are moved, they are entertained. And if you're very fortunate, that emotion and that entertainment also leads to bigger questions so that they think about what they've been presented with. People can be lectured to all day or hear the news as much as they want, but it doesn't affect them at home in their hearts the way theatre has the potential to do. Um, that being said, often my plays start with an image for me. And with Shatter, for instance, I just had this recurring image of this plate of glass that had not been shattered in the Halifax explosion. Oh, and yeah, it had, I remember that. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it, the idea was, and it's still a myth in Halifax, that this this uh, piece of glass is one of the only pieces of glass that didn't shatter, and that it also, uh, a burned image of the priest that was standing next to it is still there, and it has this kind of feeling of, wow, why did this miraculous piece of glass still survive all of that? Could you explain about the burned image? I didn't yes. understand that. Okay. Oh, well, the the idea was that it was a nuclear-level blast, right. right? So you have to sort of imagine that kind of, all the images you've seen of nuclear winter. The idea with that piece of glass was that the uh, priest was standing behind the glass when it when the explosion happened, and that the, his image and his profile was burned, much like you see of Victorian silhouettes, okay. was burned into that piece of glass. Oh, okay. And so I just kept seeing this flash-bang, flash-bang, and this piece of glass. And that started my research basically. So I started getting my hands on everything I could get my hands on. And as I read, um, it was just after 9-11. And so as I was processing the research, at the same time I was processing what was happening in my world. And I stumbled across in my research this uh, uh, idea and this, this factual thing that happened where the Germans in Halifax were targeted much as Arab Americans have been, or yes. in some cases, uh, Sikh Americans <laughs> mistakenly yeah. Yeah. have been targeted, um, simply because people don't know what to do with their pain after an event like that. And so that resonated with me very, very strongly, and that's the direction that play went. So, And it's interesting for me, too, that I think that sometimes in history there's a chance to explore things that are a little too close right now. The same play set in current times with the same kind of plot and the same characters in some ways is a little bit too close for an audience, mm -hmm. I think. And it's... it's, uh, it's They'll stay away. Yeah, yeah. And I was very, very heartened during the production uh, in Nova Scotia because I would sort of walk around anonymously after and hear people talk about current revel relevance. 
and particularly in the place where this play was based, you think they're thinking about history and things that happened there, but they really made the connections. And I think, I mean, maybe it's flattering to myself, but I think these are people who probably would not have had that conversation had they not gone to the play right before that time. I think you're so. right. No, I think you're right. Um, so jumping ahead, who are some of the people and experiences or ideas or ideas that have most influenced your work? Oh, ideas, I don't know. I <laughs> Take any part, you can start with any part you want. Okay, run that by me again, just say okay, the first Okay, so one. the people, the experiences, or, or ideas. Yeah, oh, I, I think people are, is very, very important, um, particularly uh, in, in my experience, sort of growing up in theater and moving on, I had a lot of important mentors that have a lot of effect on me. The ones I mentioned from the Teen Festival of the Arts. Also, I had a chance to work with Vern Thiessen. I've had a chance to work with Iris Turcotte at Cannes Stage in Toronto. These people, it can be very discouraging sometimes <laughs> in theatre because, you know, you think, and particularly as a writer, because you're sometimes you just don't get access to the theatre and the audience and, and you feel like you're writing for no reason. And, and it's very important, I think, to have that... A uh, little bit of motivation or validation to keep going. Okay. So I think you know, in a lot of ways, that has been really important to uh, to keep me writing is to have that motivation and support from other people in the community has been great. Um, experiences, I think, going to theater yeah. as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I try to see a wide range of theater and particularly new theater in Canada. I'm very interested in that and what's happening in that area and what people are experimenting with and what's working and what's not working because um, it's not, most of the new work is not polished, but you, there's so much to learn from it, I think. You can see what works and what doesn't work instead of something polished and pretty and beautiful that is finished. You get to see sort of some of the gears behind it. So you can sort of see how it's put together and, and you learn a lot, I think, from experiencing as much theater as you can both in production and in reading workshops or anything you can see or attend. Are there any um, plays or theater experiences in particular that are just sort of inspirational for you? Or mm. what are the kinds of things that just really get you going? Or I'm really interested in playing with structure mm -hmm. and form and uh, visual, a sort of a visual vocabulary. I'm really... Uh, I'm not as much interested, just personally, in the here's a play in the drawing room or the kitchen of this house with about this family that this happens to. Right. That kind of theater, for me personally, I, it doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> That's like the naturalistic style. Yeah, yeah. And, and the psychological drama um, and, and family relationships and all that kind of thing. I mean... Um, I'll probably write that play at some point in my life, but right now um, it's not very interesting to me. I'm, I'm, I've been accused of being filmic sometimes. And mm -hmm. I don't know if accused is the right <laughs> word, but um, because I switch locations and play with form, which is what interests me. How do you see the role of a director mm. and or a dramaturg in preparing one of your plays for performance? Well, I think they're two very distinct roles, and if you're lucky, you get a good one of each. Um, I think increasingly as my career moves forward, what I'm, what I'm managing to do, which is very fortunate and I think is good for everyone to do, is to find like-minded people, to find people who share my aesthetic, who want to play with form the same way I do who are interested in the same kind of theater that I'm interested in. Um, particularly for a director, that's important because mm -hmm. uh, staging and vision 
being a shared thing is really important because I've seen some directors work on my material. They're quite excited about it. I'm not as excited about what comes out of it okay. because we just have a different a vision uh, Yeah, uh, mm. for that. And as far as uh, dramaturg is also very important because uh, you need to have someone who is, again, is on the same page and can communicate in a way that is useful for you, asks the right questions, challenges you in the right way, and has and share sort of a vision. So I think if you can get a team of people, you're lucky enough to get a dramaturg and a director that um, you can work with in that way, I mean, that's the ideal situation. And it's been very important for me to find those people. So in an ideal world, at some future point maybe, Hmm. would you prefer to just work independently and direct your own plays? Or do you think ultimately you do prefer this collaboration? I prefer the collaboration. And in fact, I actually believe it's a mistake to direct your own work, particularly when you're starting out. Because the problem is, and I, I have seen this happen to other people, is that it, it gets to be a little bit self-congratulatory for one thing. And mm. you also don't really get to explore the text um, in an interpretive way, because you, if, if you know what you see, you don't necessarily see the holes in the text or the issues that are in the play, um, because you just keep going with, the, I know what I want to do, I know what I want to do, I know what I want to do, instead of really taking a look and asking some questions that only an outside eye can give you. Um, that being said, I have worked with some people who directed their own stuff and are brilliant at it, but I think as a learning process, and for most, the vast majority of playwrights, I think it's important that they get outside um, interpretation, at least as a learning process, if nothing else. So you said at the beginning that you started in poetry. Yeah. So are you still writing poetry? Not very much, no. I, uh, I, I kind of became frustrated with the form. I think there are some brilliant and inspiring poets in this country, Lorna Crozier, Patrick Lane. Um, but for me... It was, uh, it was limiting, and I kind of felt like I didn't have an audience, if that makes some sense. And theater certainly gave me that. Very yes. few people read poetry. <laughs> but, I'm, but I know you put your poetic sensibilities, even the yeah. sound of the language yeah. and the rhythm and all of that. Yeah, that, I hope place. to. I you hope do. to. And I, and I think that, that you know, being an artist in any sense is a journey, and you collect things as you grow as a person. And, and skills that you've learned some way along the way, and it all adds up and sort of rolls up into a ball in your work, you hope. So that's nice to hear, actually. Yes, it yeah. definitely comes through. So just to end up, um, what are some upcoming opportunities for people to see your plays? Well, there's a few things coming up. Um, like often happens in the theater, a lot of it's potential at this point. Um, Waxworks, which I'm working on here at Playworks, I am sort of in the process of negotiating where that play is going to show up, so I don't know that exactly yet. Um, And theater is a a long-term process, so, you know, when you start to work with a theater, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five years in, in advance, so... Um, Waxworks will be coming up. I have working on a play called West of the Third Meridian, which I actually uh, workshopped a bit 
had a little bit of a workshop production in Edmonton a couple of years ago with the Fringe Festival, but now it's going to be professionally produced in Saskatchewan either next season or the season after at Dancing Sky Theatre. So I'm quite excited about that because I was born in Saskatchewan, so I've got relatives okay. there. They could come. That's fantastic. Yes. And I, I suspect that play will have a life outside of that as well and perhaps will tour. I've been fortunate enough to also sign a contract recently to publish Shatter, so it will be out in book form um, March next year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's hard to get published. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also as part of that, Waxworks has been optioned for publication. So as soon as it, you have to be professionally produced before it will be published. So they will come out after that. And I have a little bit of international stuff going on right now. So if anyone's uh, possibly going to Orlando, I may have a, a reading as a part of a new play festival there in February. And I'm also shortlisted right now for a translation project in Germany with West of the Third Meridian, so there may be a production there. So that's a little ways to go to come and see it, but there is there's certainly opportunities out there. Things are things are rolling, so it's good. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. So thank you again. I really enjoyed talking to you great. and meeting you. Thanks. And I look forward to running into you more at the conference. That sounds wonderful. I hope you enjoyed listening. Since the interview in November 2007, Trina has been extremely busy and has had a lot of successes. She's been workshopping west of the Third Meridian in preparation for its world premiere, coming up in September 2008 at Dancing Sky Theatre in Meacham, Saskatchewan, which is close to Saskatoon. Finalizing the book details for Shatter, which will be launched on June 2nd at a special event at the Congress for Humanities and Social Sciences Conference that's being held this year in Vancouver and working with Women at Plays 3. Women at Plays is an annual theater event in Vancouver with all women artists, including playwrights, directors, actors, and producers. Trina's short play, The Apartment, about a woman in Bosnia who returns to find her apartment occupied by the person who betrayed her, was produced at Women at Plays 3 in January 2008. In January 2009, Trina will be working as their first festival dramaturg at Women at Plays 4. In February 2008, Trina was the recipient of the prestigious Established Playwright Award from Alberta Theatre Projects for the new play she's working on entitled Romeo, Romeette. Trina is currently writing the first draft of that play, and she'll be attending the Bella Vita Arts Workshop in Tuscany, Italy in June 2008 as part of her development process. That pretty much wraps up Episode 5. Next month, we have a change of pace. I'll be presenting a recording of the Playworks, Inc. panel discussion, Evolution or Extinction? The Metamorphosis of the Canadian Theatre Artist. It features panelists Kevin Kerr, Morwen Brebner, Kelly Ray, and David Van Bell, and is moderated by Theatre Alberta's own Jill Connell. And now I'd like to make a special request of you. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast since we started last January, we're asking you to help us out by rating our podcast in the iTunes podcast directory. If you've enjoyed the show and if you have an iTunes account, just go to the iTunes store and search for Dramatic Impact. Once you're on our listing page, click the link under Customer Reviews. Our goal is to have 15 positive reviews, which will help increase our visibility on iTunes. So please help us reach that goal, and by doing so, to reach more listeners. 
I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time.